Welcome to Season 4 of Paychecks Pulse, an HR podcast where HR professionals can find great insights on today's top issues and be inspired to build and lead effective teams in a healthier workplace. Hi, all. Welcome back to the Paychecks Pulse podcast. Rob Parsons here. This is Episode 3 of 3, focusing on the Pulse of HR survey we just conducted with Braden. Joining me today is Stu Richards, the CEO of Braden Research. Stu, thanks for coming back. Rob, it's great to be here. I'm glad you're patient enough and willing to come three episodes (laughs) with me here. It's my pleasure. So today I wanted to talk about the specifics around employee experience and specifically some of the things HR leaders are trying to do uh, to get the most out of their workforce. And of course, we know it starts with talent management, technology, and communication. Uh, so just share a little bit of, of what you saw there around that talent management story. Sure, Rob. Yeah, in the survey that we just did, um, talent management really jumped out as an important issue uh, to both HR leaders and business leaders. And fundamentally, we see it's going to be built on two pillars, technology and communication. Um, and the tools that we're seeing uh, respondents rely on most are improving recruitment to support company goals, using technology to boost HR leader personal productivity, which I touched on a little bit in episode two, Um, communicating plans and successes to management teams, um, and mitigating burnout via education and benefits. And I mentioned a little bit, you know, one of the concerns that came up was uh, employee burnout. So um, we see HR leaders in particular really focused on what can they do uh, to minimize that on the part of their workforce. Huge, huge issue for sure. Absolutely. You looked at current tactics. You took a 12-month window mm-hmm. to see what people were doing to attract and retain talent. Yep. What was interesting, I shouldn't. I don't think it should be a surprise, but it yeah. varied by generation. It did. It did. It was interesting. So what we saw worked best was um, a variety of tactics, but communicating company mission uh, was most important to basically everyone after Gen Z, the youngest workforce. Um, communicating company mission was uh, really important. And for Gen Z workers, it was really around communicating commitment to DEI, um, which is really interesting. And it's great to see that that's as important as it is for you know the youngest folks in the workforce. Um, but there were a variety of tactics um, that companies are using. They include training. Um, and uh, that's especially important, as you might guess, for younger employees. Um, communicating company mission, as I mentioned, onboarding effectively. So again, not just uh, getting folks enrolled in you know payroll and benefits, but really understanding specifically what their tasks are, what they need to do to succeed, um, how they're going to meet goals. Um, DEI, as I mentioned, um, benefits, uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, really interesting to see which direction those are going in over the next 12 months. Uh, and then also flexible scheduling um, is really important, you know, for all generations, but especially for folks who, you know, have uh, childcare or other kind of family responsibilities, um, a really important way to, you know, attract and retain employees. I, I, I think that's a key point. And, and we've touched on a little bit this, this flexibility about where I work. Mm-hmm. But there's a, a dimension of the flexibility of when I work as well that Absolutely. really needs to come into play, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And we do see companies making a lot of accommodations to attract the right kind of employees. Um, and it, again, <laughs> using technology as best they can uh, to really make flexible work, whether it's by time or location, uh, work as effectively as possible. I know oftentimes we... we bring flexibility in as a benefit, mm-hmm. which I guess it could be perceived as. And sure. certainly a, 
a low cost benefit if if handled correctly. Yep. You know, but when you dug into benefits, you know, the big three, health, dental, retirement, yep. they showed up again. Mm -hmm. But after that, I thought there was some differences in this list from years past, yep. uh, probably reflecting changes in the current work environment. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what happened to benefits after the traditional big three. Yeah, it was interesting, Rob. Yeah, we saw um, a lot of interest. About four in 10 companies are interested in expanding benefits for physical and financial well-being um, and self-care um, and uh, well-being training, meaning not just um, providing benefits that help you with uh, your emotional or physical or financial well-being, but also educating employees on why they should be taking advantage of those and really you know, making sure that you're not just offering them, but you're really getting people to enroll in those kinds of programs. Um, and yeah, health, dental, retirement, as you mentioned, also parental leave, we were kind of interested. I think that's moved up a little bit um, on the uh, list of benefits. Uh, over the past couple of years. Um, for the next 12 months, as we look forward to what companies are going to be adding, uh, EAP programs, again, in the health and well-being category, uh, really important. Shorter work week, um, so really being flexible around work arrangements. So it's not just, you know, the again, as you mentioned, where but when uh, they can work. Daycare cost assistance, which is a huge uh, financial hit potentially to, you know, uh, many workers um, and seeing companies step up with that. You know, obviously a lot of companies understand the importance of that. Um, financial counseling as well, you know, helping folks um, with budgeting, you know, basically an understanding, you know, what can they spend? What do they need to put away for the long term? Um, elder care, uh, and HRA programs. We saw those as you know, having the highest kind of purchase propensity uh, over the next 12 months. It's, I find so interesting. It, it, maybe some of it plays into burnout. Maybe some of it plays into just how how many demands are put on people, leaders mm -hmm. and employees alike. Mm -hmm. but, but EAP and parental leave yep. and childcare, I mean, these are all really important issues. It's interesting that it's falling on businesses now mm -hmm to really help with that? Is it because yeah. those, some of those resources just aren't obviously available uh, yeah. outside my professional life? Yeah, I think it really is, Rob. And yeah, it does, it speaks to, you know, definitely cultural challenges. Or, but um, yeah, I think a lot of companies are seeing the need on the part of their employees uh, for these services and they're really stepping up. Um, and uh, it's wonderful to see that they actually are doing that. And I think, you know, I'd like to think it's not just for a mercenary, you know, we're optimizing productivity, but, you know, genuine concern for the well being of their employees. Another benefit, and one we're obviously interested in and seeing, you know, evolve and change before our eyes is just how pay models. Mm -hmm. are changing. Yeah. What did you see there? We saw a lot there. It was really interesting. And, you know, using pay kind of creatively uh, as almost a competitive benefit. So obviously, you know, most employees are getting direct deposit and, you know, how frequently that happens, um, you know, might be subject to change from company to company. But um, we saw a lot more use of pay cards in 24-7 real-time payments or earned wage access um, really has become important. Um, and pay on demand um, is, you know, I think really important for folks where, you know, if you're really managing a tight budget, being able to get daily or even, you know, a couple times within a day pay um, can be a huge uh, advantage to you as both an employee, but also as a company looking to attract a workforce. It's a, it's a, a big deal. And I think yeah. we're going to see a lot of evolution in that in, yes. in the coming years. Yeah. 
DEI is something we've talked a lot about. Mm -hmm. We know it's a, a huge differentiator, particularly in younger generations. What did you see different in the in the survey? I, I feel like maybe business and HR leaders weren't looking at it maybe as intently as employees were. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's what's really interesting to see the difference in importance of DEI across the generations. So for Gen Z millennials, it's really important to them. You know, that's the kind of culture in which they want to work. For older employees, you know, it's not necessarily their top concern. But um, making sure that um, a company demonstrates, you know, communicates, but also demonstrates its uh, commitment to DEI um, is really important regardless of who it is that you're employing or looking to uh, recruit. Um, but we really saw companies, um, you know, making a sincere effort to implement DEI. Um, and um, for millennials, you know, we saw um, an effective way that they want to see DEI implemented is pay equity. Um, mm. So they really want to make sure, you know, across gender, across, you know, race or background. Um, and for bigger companies, they wanted to see inclusion. So not just talking the talk, but really walking the walk and making sure that, you know, for example, every level within your organization has, you know, good representation. Um, for Gen Xs, you know, they were also interested in pay equity and inclusion, but they also wanted to see pay increases uh, across the board. Um, for Gen Z, you know, they wanted to see diversity in the bigger companies with 100 to 500 employees. Um, but it was interesting, Rob, uh, where, you know, for younger employees, again, it's really important for organizations to communicate and to demonstrate commitment to DEI. It's just uh, a, an essential part. It's table stakes for recruiting these days. Right. It really, it, it speaks to the culture. As you mentioned, yep. I want to work at a place yes. that's like that. Yeah, absolutely. So we have just a couple minutes I'm going to give you a chance just to mm -hmm. step back one last time and give me that 30,000 foot view. You know, what what was the big takeaway or what should people really think about with this research? Well, I think there were two, Rob. It was really interesting. And the first was um, just a repeated um, concern that welled up around the well-being of employees. And again, um, you know, I think it's a genuine you know, affection on the part of employees for their employer, you know, em employers for their employees and making sure that they're doing well and can contribute to the organization as well as they can. Um, and recognizing, you know, how fundamentally COVID has affected the well-being of a lot of people over the past couple of years. Um, so, you know, the focus on well-being through either uh, flexible work arrangements or through the benefits that are evolving uh, was really a uh, consistent theme. And the other thing, of course, was the adoption of technology um, to support, again, whether it's a hybrid team and, you know, with workers uh, wherever they happen to be or working whenever they happen to be. Um, and, you know, as kind of a subtopic uh, within technology, the rapid uh, adoption of AI, which we think is just going to absolutely explode um, and lead to some, you know, really interesting changes in the workforce. Um, but hopefully, you know, the upskilling of a lot of folks and, you know, some very significant increases in productivity and hopefully well-being. It'll be interesting to see what we see in the survey <laughs> next year, right? Yes, it will. Yeah. Uh, Stu, well, thank you so much for joining the podcast. This was great. Yeah, Rob, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for joining and listening. Uh, as I mentioned before, you can find the survey in our show notes. Thank you once again. Please stay happy and healthy. Mm -hmm.
Be sure to subscribe to this and our Paychecks Thrive Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Looking for more ways to keep your finger on the pulse of industry dynamics? Visit our resource center for the latest research, thought leadership, and news at paychecks.com slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, please stay happy and healthy. This podcast is property of Paychecks Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.